Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. All right, well, we're continuing a series uh, that we started last week when Camille uh, started with uh, childlike faith. Today, we're, uh, we're going to look at the quiet life. Now, when I read the title of today's message, I thought to myself, I love the quiet life. I see so little of it sometimes, but I love the quiet life. Have any of you got teenage kids? Yeah, a few of us. You know what it's like to be busy, don't you? I thought, Aaron, I've got bad news for you. You know, when you have a little new baby, life seems so busy. Wait till they're teenagers. Wait till you've got three of them. It's going to get really busy. So I love the quiet life. But uh, if you have your Bibles here today, why don't you uh, open it into the New Testament to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that's after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 1 Thessalonians. There's a little bit in between there. It's right before 2 Thessalonians, after Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 11 and 12 as our text for this morning, and then we're going to delve into a couple of, uh, a couple of things that come out of this. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that in your daily life, uh, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so uh, that you will not be dependent on anybody. I'm just going to read that again. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. What an interesting passage of scripture. In particular today, we're going to look at verse 11 and uh, verse 12 will come later in the series. But, but uh, I just think it's important that we get the context of, of why Paul is writing this. We find it in verse 1. He says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. So Paul from verse 1 then starts to unfold several, several ways that we can live to please God. And in verse 11 here we see a key way in how we can please God, to make it our ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind our own business and to work with our hands just as they have been told. I think of the accounting software, Mind Your Own Business. What a classic name for a piece of accounting software. What a great principle for, uh, for a Christian life, to mind your own business. Now, I've got to say, I'm not preaching this this morning because this is a big issue at Bayside Church. All right, stop looking at the people around you to figure out who's gossiping and not minding their own business. No, it's not a big issue. It does pop up from time to time, but not that often. So you can relax this morning. Make it your ambition. Ambition is an interesting word that Paul uses here. Ambition is a strong word. It's an active word. And he says uh, basically to strive, to outdo each other. Ambitious people are often competitive people. They are striving to take the prize. And here Paul says, make it your ambition. He's saying strive to outdo one another with living a quiet life. Uh, who could be the quietest person here, I wonder? If I was to go upstairs to Kids Rock or I was to go into Buddies, it'd be very noisy. I can see Lauren laughing there. You know how noisy it can get in those rooms, especially this Buddies room here with no soundproofing on the walls. 
it's like a it's like a sound shell. The sound just bounces off the walls everywhere, and uh, it can get quite noisy. That's not really what it's talking about here. It's not talking about volume of life. It's talking about uh, not really getting involved in other people's lives unnecessarily. You see, the the Thessalonians needed to learn how to love the right way. They were showing love to others, but they weren't always getting it right. And uh, many of them were being meddlesome. They were over-caring. And I remember a time in Bayside's history where we had someone on our pastoral care uh, team who was overly inquisitive about people's lives. And he'd come up to you and he'd, Aaron, I'll, I'll use you as a guinea pig here this morning. He'd go, how are you, brother? And, and the person would say, good. And he'd still have their hand out and he'd go, are you really? And he'd eyeball them and there'd be this uncomfortable silence as he said, are you really looking for some hidden nugget of unwellness, if that's a word. But, uh, but we can sometimes be overcaring, and sometimes we can't care enough. So it's trying to get the balance right. Um, giving unsolicited advice sometimes is not uh, that well received. Forcing your opinions on others and trying to control what someone else is doing are all examples of being overly meddlesome and getting involved in people's lives where it's, uh, we're going too far. Have you ever come across someone like that? Everyone stop thinking about your parents. Right? I mean, we all have someone in our lives like that, don't we? I think God puts people there like that for a reason. So that, uh, so that we learn patience. But the thing is, don't be that person. If you're a parent, stop it. I'm learning very, uh, uh, very slowly how to adjust my inquisitiveness with my kids. Right? You want to be aware of what's going on. You don't want to be intrusive. You want to give them some space to be human. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 15. I'll read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal or as a mischief maker, a meddler in the affairs of others infringing on their rights. Look at the categories that mischief maker is linked to. The picture that comes to mind to me, you might be completely different. I'm thinking of Port Phillip Prison. I'm thinking of maximum security. I'm thinking of guys with massive biceps, shaved heads, singlets, looking like they've had a hard life. And uh, I can imagine a prison guard going up to one of them saying, what are you here for? I'm here for murder. I killed some people. Going up to the next one, what are you here for? I'm here because I stole a whole bunch of stuff. Going up to the next one, what are you here for? I'm a mischief maker. Sort of seems out of place, doesn't it? Murderer, thief, mischief maker. But there we go in scripture, all put in the same verse together. The mind boggles. Maximum security. Proverbs chapter six, uh, 26, verse 17, paints a great picture uh, of this. It says, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel not their own. Now, we probably have a range of dog owners here today. You know, there's probably the poodle owners. Does anyone own a poodle here this morning? Sam, you own a poodle? A poodle cross. A cross poodle. Have you grabbed it by the ears? Ah, there we go. Anyone got an Alsatian? German Shepherd, any, any Alsatian? You've got a few of those. Any pit bull owners? We don't want to talk to you this morning. They're now Staffordshire Terriers, aren't they? I think, you know, they're not pit bulls. Uh, anyone else? Well, any other nasty dogs um, like Chihuahuas? Any Chihuahua owners here? They're ferocious. 
ferocious, they get stuck in your throat sometimes, don't they? <laughs> Greta, you've got a chihuahua, fantastic. <laughs> well, I used to own a poodle when I was a little girl. Oh, I didn't, my parents did, I wouldn't admit to owning a poodle, good grief. A poodle crosses all right, Sam, you know, they've got a bit of character, but an actual real poodle, Ooh. that's a worry. We can pray for you later. If you actually own a poodle this morning, you can come out the front and we can pray for you and you can be delivered of that poodleness. But, um, but it was a real poodle, it was a little poodle. In fact, we had a poodle that was so small, my mum used to take it to work and put it in her desk drawer. It was fully grown, like the mind boggles. We used to, we used to take it out and she just put it in a shopping bag, go shopping with the poodle. Because you couldn't leave it at home. It couldn't get through the door. It couldn't get up on a couch. It couldn't do anything. Had this little poodle. And, uh, and even that little poodle, if I, if I handled it the wrong way, it had a nasty nip. It had grabbed my finger. It would terrorise my finger. And I'd even have a little bit of blood sometimes if I treated it the wrong way. Well, that's what it's like when we mess with someone else's argument. And we get in there, it's like grabbing a dog by the ears and upsetting it. And that thing's going to snap. So if you don't want to get caught in the wrong spot, you don't want to get bitten by someone, don't get into their argument. Allow God to move. Pray, but don't meddle with someone else's quarrel. Proverbs 26, 17. I'll read it again. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. There's an anonymous saying, which is, which is worth saying. Never worry about what I'm doing. Only worry about why you're worried about what I'm doing. Right? If you're overly worried in someone else's stuff, ask yourself the question, why? Why is it so important to you? Why is it an issue? Meddlesome people can be interfering, noisy and gossipy. And that's not what we want to be as believers. And that's not going to bring glory to God. Gossiping can be a major enemy in the life of the church. It can split friendships. It can cause distrust. It can divide people. And we don't want any bar of it here at Bayside. Alec uh, Modia was, is a British theologian, wrote a book called The Message of James, and, uh, and he wrote a, uh, a couple of uh, sentences which I'm just going to read this morning because it really speaks into what we're talking about here. A fig must have a fig tree as its source. That's kind of obvious. A grape can only come from a vine, an olive from an olive tree. Salt water has a salt source, sweet water a sweet source. Bitter words, a bitter heart, critical words, a critical spirit, um, defamatory, unloving speech issues from a heart where the love of Jesus is a stranger. If we're finding that we're getting overly concerned and frustrated and unloving and gossipy about people, we need to take a moment to step back, look in the mirror, think, okay, what's really going on here? Is it genuine concern for this other person, in which case you can handle it in a godly way, or is there something niggling away inside you which you need to deal with? Amen. Often, often God puts us in those situations to expose something in our own heart so we can deal with it and move on. Being meddlesome, interfering, nosy, gossipy is not the way God has taught us to love one another. So make it your ambition, as Paul says, to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. Now, in honour of Pastor Rob's legendary love of country music, I'm going to refer this morning to a Hank Williams song. I'm not going to sing it, though, unlike Steve the other week, wherever he might be, who did sing a song. But, uh, but I'm not going to do that this morning. Uh, Hank Williams wrote a song called Mind Your Own Business. Does anyone... Now, where's Greta? You're a bit of a country fan, aren't you, Greta? Do you know this song, Hank Williams, Mind Your Own Business? She's nodding. <laughs> she does. I'll get you to sing it when Pastor Rob comes later on this morning. He's going to come and give us an Africa update shortly. Because uh, he says, because if you mind your business, then you won't be minding mine. Right? So mind your own business, because then your nose will be out of my business. 
right? Good words to a song. There's a funny story um, about a person who learnt this the hard way. Lunchtime one day, walking past a schoolyard and there was a, a, a tall picket fence, so he couldn't see over the fence, but he could hear what was going on behind it. And he could hear the kids saying, 13, 13, 13, 13. And of course, that got his curiosity, so he's trying to figure out why are they all saying 13. So he found a hole in the fence and he bent down and peered through the hole in the fence and then a finger came out and poked him in the eye. 14, 14. <laughs> 14. So mind your own business. You might get poked in the eye. <laughs> a lot of fun. Okay, point number two. Be busy, not busy bodies. Mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you. Here, Paul's instruction is to rather than get busy in other people's lives, get busy in your own life. Right? Get active. Do things. Work with your own hands. I think everybody was a tradie in those days. There weren't too many professional white-collar cruisy jobs. Everyone was working. So they're saying, work with your hands, get busy. Um, and there might be tradies here today, I wish I could do something productive with my hands, John, and build stuff like you. You're amazing. John comes round, he looks at a space in the backyard, and a couple of weekends later, there's this amazing pergola, and it's got everything in it, or he's done something majestic with this house. I wish I could do that. It's a skill I don't have. Uh, we have light bulbs that are yet unchanged because of my poor skills. So work with your own hands. Paul is encouraging us to be productive. If you have your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians, just turn back a couple of books to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 15 to 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The reality is we don't have time in this life to get carried away with what's going on in other people's lives. We need to be focused on what God is calling us to do. Let's not waste time getting sidetracked and distracted, but let's keep the main thing, the main thing and focused on what God is calling us to. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not uh, for human masters. So when you're doing something, it's, you're not working for a human boss when you roll up to work on Monday morning. You're not working for a human boss. You're working for a divine one. God is your supervisor. God is your overseer, and you should work in that way. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, uh, New King James Version, says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint but happy is he who, who keeps the law. I often find this for myself. If I don't have a real revelation of God's purpose for my life, if I don't have a, a daily revelation of, of uh, the fact that I'm a son of God, called by him, uh, ready to do a, work, a day's work for him, then often I can live carelessly. I can, I can live thoughtlessly. I can live in a distracted manner, in an aimless manner. But as soon as you get that sense of calling and purpose about your day, you focus. And you're right on where God wants you to be. You're living the life that God's called you to be. And that's important that we have that sense of calling and purpose about our lives. Uh, so that we're busy about what God's called us to, not uh, what everyone else is doing. These scriptures teach us to have a good work ethic and a useful occupation. They encourage us to work hard, to rest well, to enjoy recreation. They inspire us to gather with believers, to do life together, but not to interfere with the lives of others. They motivate us to maintain habits of prayer, reading and study of God's word and to cultivate a practical and genuine care for those less fortunate than we are. See, rather than meddling in people's lives, we can pray about people. 
we can take a step back and just bring it to the Lord and allow God to move in that situation. Paul states in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, he said, Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So when we say don't meddle, we're not saying don't be interested. Definitely be interested in people's lives. And the fellowship lunch next week will be a perfect opportunity to be interested in people's lives. But perhaps before you meddle in their lives, if you come across something that, uh, that, that gets your attention, why don't you just say, I'm going to pray about that during the week. I'm going to pray for that person that they have a breakthrough. I'm going to pray about that person that they see some you know, God move in this area and just see God glorified. Amen. Idleness is one of the great evils that leads to many vices. And if we're idle, we can meddle. But if we're busy, we stay focused on God. And God made people to work. And Paul reminds us why in the next verse, verse 12, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Amen? Isn't God good? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, the truth of your word, Lord God. This morning, one or two or three of us may need to hear that right now. But Father God, a time will come where, where probably all of us will need to remember those words at some stage in our lives, in the weeks or months or years ahead. And Heavenly Father, as we've spoken about these verses, as brief as they are this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would bring those words back to our remembrance, that they would jump up in front of us just as we're about to get meddling in someone's life, just as we're about to share unwanted opinions, just as we're about to cross that threshold and go too far in a conversation, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring those words back to our remembrance. And Lord God, I pray that we would then take that matter, that whatever it is that's concerning us to prayer, that we might see God bring a breakthrough in Jesus name we hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast if you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au church has changed check it out